Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Coming up on this episode, I'm joined by a football editor, Mark Douglas, and we're going to talk about that dreaded word, the takeover. Yes, the Newcastle United takeover. We'll answer your questions on that deal. Are there any updates? What is the latest? Or is silence golden in this instance? We'll also have a little chat about Wilson and share an update on their injuries and what's to come against Chelsea on Monday night. All that to come on Everything Is Black and White podcast. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast on Chronicle Live on Facebook, Twitter and on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening later on the podcast channel, scroll down to where all our episodes can be found and leave us a nice review and star rating if you have the time to do so. I'm joined by football editor Mark Douglas. We want your questions. So if you're watching live, please do pop your questions in the comments on whatever platform you're you're watching from. We'll kickstart, Mark, with that dreaded word that is the takeover. We usually try and leave that to the end so we don't depress anybody. But a little bit of information this morning coming out, and it was from Lord Jerry Grimstone, uh, who's a a government minister. He met the Saudi Minister of Communication. Uh, He was on Sky this morning talking about that meeting, and and the Newcastle United takeover came up. He was asked about it. What did he have to say? Yeah, not not an awful lot to be perfectly honest. Um, he was he was asked whether there was anything to be excited about from a Newcastle takeover perspective. And he said, you know, that's a commercial matter, not a ministerial matter. So um, he's a minister for trade. So he met Saudi um, the Saudi minister for um, I believe communications last week, and he said, you know, it's nothing to do specifically with the uh, with the takeover. But I think what's interesting is that people putting kind of two and two together, and obviously he was somebody that was. Um, employed by the consortium last um, last year to try and sort of grease the wheels a little bit shuttle diplomacy I think was the uh, was was the was the uh, correct term I think in the last last summer so he has been involved I think what's interesting is that you know obviously he's not going to say yes we talked solely about the Newcastle United takeover because it was like he said a ministerial matter and the government are on the record saying they won't get involved in it but it's just another little thing I think that um, you know, it's still bubbling away in the background. I think is 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 what I would say about it. Um, I would I wasn't expecting him. I wouldn't expect him to say anything um, about it. But it's obviously quite interesting that you know there was no sort of shooting it down and no sort of saying, oh well, it's irrelevant. It's got nothing to do with uh, the takeover. It's got nothing to do with me at all. Um, you know, there was kind of like an implicit acknowledgement that yes, he's been involved. We know that people involved in the PCP consortium um, have some links with the Conservative Party, Jamie Rubin and Amanda Staveley are both um, people who who have those links. You know, you just need to look at Jamie Rubin's Twitter feed to know where his political affiliations lie and where um, and where he's been able to sort of apply some pressure. They obviously did that last summer. They, they There was a lot of uh, their letter-writing campaign that the NUST uh, went on. And, and in addition to that, there was also pressure being applied behind the scenes to certain government ministers and, um, and Premier League by those political heavyweights um, but obviously it didn't it didn't end up changing um, changing where we stand so I think the next 
the next step for this is 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 you know where where it was before. But it's always interesting, I think, when these things crop up or when people talk about it. And you know, it's obviously that it was raised in Parliament last week. You've got a government minister talking about it this week. It's all sort of just signs that it's it's all sort of there. And you know, we're we're anticipating that things will come to a head in the next next few weeks. We've been saying that for months and months and months. But I think we are probably getting to the point where um, you know it, it probably there will be. You know, some big story coming out um, relatively in the in the sort of short to medium term. I think about this and maybe t- telling us where things are going. Um, the, the next step for the takeover, but yeah, it's all just little things. I think it's it's always. I always find it quite interesting when people like him. You know, there's there's an army of people behind the scenes we've probably never heard of. He's just somebody that we obviously um, we obviously revealed was involved in it last year. Um, so he was so he was quoted on it for the first time today. Lots of questions about the takeover. Um, a few questions from the likes of Kath who ask about this arbitration, about the two court cases, and just your view on the impact they could have and, and potentially where they're at at the moment. Well, I mean, you know, unfortunately, because it's, I think, as, as Richard Masters said at the, um, in December, because it is behind closed doors, because they don't want anybody to um, to kind of know about where they stand, it's, it's not... Um, it isn't at this at this moment um, in the public domain, and I don't think it will be. And I think that's probably not a bad thing. Um, uh, the last I heard was that it hadn't officially started yet, so um, we, you know, we weren't in a position where um, it was it was we were going to hear a verdict anytime soon. Um, but I, but that that could change. You know, I I, I feel bad really because I come on here and, and and take questions about this specifically like that. You know, I, I think there's a lot of people that that that, um, that don't know, even people within the consortium that don't know. But as far as I'm aware, I, I'm I, you know just going on on the little tidbits that you pick up from people around the consortium. They sort of think that spring is going to be is going to be key, and there will be you know there will be some maybe some updates around then as well. I mean, it's not it's not guaranteed that the arbitration is going to go for Newcastle, but obviously if it does. Um, and if it does, and that that is on the key factor about whether or not um, there is a separation between BIF and um, the Saudi state, which is obviously the biggest the biggest um, issue that's that cropped up. Um, if that goes with Newcastle and Mike Ashley's lawyers, then you know obviously that does then allow a um, that does then allow a, a breakthrough, in my opinion, in in the takeover process. And I think it probably then tells you that it, it will go ahead um but you know we, we're still a, we're still a way away from that at the moment and i think what we all kind of need is some clarity we need somebody to be able to tell us definitively whether this is going to happen or not because you know this has been hanging over us now for over a year um and it's really been the dominant theme i mean i wrote a piece on monday saying that you know the, the steve bruce out sort of business is kind of irrelevant really while this bigger pictures going on at Newcastle obviously if the takeover happens I think that will take care of itself I think there probably will be a new manager within a few months of, of a takeover happening if it doesn't then you know then it does become much more of a live issue with Steve Bruce the right man to take him forward but I think at the moment we know he's not going to be sacked we know um, people aren't going to make massive investment in the team and in the in the, in the infrastructure while there's a pandemic going on and while there's not a lot of money available so we really need a resolution on this um we know there's obviously this this arbitration case, and there may be something off the back of that if that doesn't go for Mike Ashley. There's always there's always the option of taking it to a um, taking it to court as well. Obviously, at the moment it's just in that arbitration 
um, it's in that arbitration um, situation, which is uh, which is where you've got your Nick, Nick DeMarcos and other people uh, that are kind of doing their business. But obviously, he did have another he did have another win yesterday, didn't he, with the uh, salary cap? So you know, we're dealing with a guy who knows his way around um, sports procedure. So if anybody's going to get it, I think it would be him. Mm, I was going to mention Nick DeMarco. Maybe that's now the kind of starting point for this Newcastle case to you know really take hold of his his uh, his diary, so to speak. Um, we got Travis Stevens here asking, why do their teams and their takeover kind of go through straight away uh, and now is, is dragging on? And I suppose that look, you look at the Burnley one and that's been in the news recently about how the finances have been structured there. You've got Southampton uh, taking the interest of Joseph de Grossa, who of course was interested in Newcastle and reportedly still interested should that Southampton deal not mm-hmm. Uh, go through, but you would imagine that one would go through a lot quicker as well. Can you just give our listeners and our viewers a bit of insight into that? Well, interestingly, you mentioned about all the other ones that that, that uh, happened quickly and, and Newcastle's dragging on. Derby is one that um, has been going on for three months. There's no resolution inside there. No surprise, they were they were people who were involved with Newcastle as well. You know. It's been unfortunate that the people who've been attracted to Newcastle, you know, mentioned De Grosser there. We mentioned Peter Kenyon, who also uh, tried to take Newcastle over. And then you had the, the Binside group as well. They're all they're three groups that didn't have the money to do it. Um, you know, they couldn't raise the money to do it. So that's why those dragged on. And this one is just simply because of all the different uh, aspects around the takeover. So we all know the political aspects of it, which obviously added a layer of intrigue to it. But, but the bigger one, I think the bigger two were the piracy and the separation. Um, and they didn't get a resolution on the separation, and they didn't get a resolution on the piracy um, in the summer. Now we, we feel they may be dragging, they may be, you know, a, a sort of, you know, a movement towards maybe some resolution on things like piracy. Now that there are movements in the in the Gulf, although it's interesting that you know, being sport still blocked in Saudi Arabia officially, there's still movement there with there's bigger issues there um, around potential um, remuneration. It's owed to be in sport by whoever it was in Saudi that was um, that was pirating their um, whoever it was in Saudi that was pirating the uh, the, the, the the rights, um, you know. So so I think that's the reason why those are taking that. That's the reason why this one's taken time because the political sensitivities around it. I think we've been unlucky really that a lot of the people involved with Newcastle haven't had the money or um, they've run up against Mike Ashley, who I think has been a very difficult seller, and there's no doubt in my mind, that he has been a difficult sell. He's been awkward to deal with at various points. I know the people who've tried to buy it off him have sort of said, oh, no, you know, he hasn't been put. Um, they would say that when they're trying to deal with him. Um, if you speak to people within the P- PCP consortium, they'd say that he was difficult to deal with, but he, he wasn't as soon as he was convinced that the Saudi money was there. He obviously wanted to do the deal. But bear in mind, he did then try to big the price up as well um, after the exclusivity ran out last season. So he's not totally blameless himself. But yeah, I mean, that that for me is the simple reason. This was, this was very politically sensitive. But as soon as Saudi Arabia got involved with football, given the background in piracy and the fact that it's impossible to watch Premier League legally, it was always going to be a difficult one. Um, and it was, um, you know, I think that that was maybe at the time we, we all felt that, you know, it's going to go through because of the confidence around it from the consortium. I think it became apparent after a few weeks of the summer that it wasn't going to be quite as straightforward as they, they felt it was. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that is simply simply why it is. You mentioned Burnley. I mean, that that could come back to bite the Premier League in in, um, in, in future 
future years because that will just look like it's been structured in a way that could potentially prove troublesome. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think the bigger point on, on it is this is the biggest takeover that the, the Premier League's seen for many, many years. You know, you talk about other clubs that have been taken over Burnley. Well, with respect, that's about a third of the cost of Newcastle United. I don't think there's been a football club taken over for this kind of money for such a long time. So that might be another reason why it's not why it's not happening. And then we've also you throw in the pandemic as well. That's complicated factors as well. So yeah, I mean, it was no surprise that it's taken a while, but you know, I don't think anybody expected it to take over a year um, to find a resolution. I don't think we thought in July that we'd still be talking about it as a live possibility now. Um, but here we are, and it is still obviously something that is is a big deal. Um, I think it needs to be res- resolved because it's not going to be PIF. Then we need to know from Mike Ashley what he's going to do. Is he going to be prepared to take less money? Because I don't think anybody other than this group are going to pay the money that he wants, the three hundred fifty million that he wants right now. Because we've got a we've got a pandemic that's crunching revenues, and it's probably going to crunch revenues for one or two years. Because I can't see full stadiums. Um, before the end of this year, I mean, I, you know, I'm basing that on anything in particular, but it feels unlikely given the trend and the way things are going that we're going to see a 52,000 um, crowd at Newcastle United um, in the very, very short term. So, yeah, that that affects revenues. So, um, yeah, we really, we really need a resolution. We we need to know. I think fans are getting fed up. We're getting fed up. Everybody's getting fed up of sort of having this hanging over us. Well, that's interesting. We'll answer this question first from Brad, but there is a question linking to what you've just said there, Mark, about people being fed up. And I suppose Brad, he's probably not alone. You know, you're going to get skeptics about this takeover. Um, And he asks, is this takeover actually a thing? I really don't believe it. It just seems to be the same old thing every year. And people always point to stories creeping up around the trance window and it happened again. Mm -hmm before the, w- the window we've just had. Um, I mean, that scepticism is perfectly understandable, but this takeover is very much real. They had massive plans. They were ambitious. You know, they really wanted to take Newcastle United over. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I didn't see many people sort of saying it, it wasn't a thing in the summer or, or in the spring. Um, you know, we I spoke to, to three people within the deal, um, including one very high-ranking person at the PIF who... who ran me through the exact business plan and what they were going to do. And it was, it was impressive stuff. I mean, you know, it's no secret because it, it all eventually came out in the summer anyway, as part of the, you know, I think part of the kind of like the, the sell to Newcastle fans when it, when it collapsed. Um, is it still a thing now? All I can say is, you know, the same voices that were talking about it in the, um, in the summer, we're still talking about it as a live possibility. Um, I think PIF are being less, Fusive than they were last summer because they're, they're not, um, you know, they're not they're not talking specifically about about it at the moment. You know, you're not probably going to see a public statement from them either. Um, but you know, I, I, all I can say is that you know, if it was something when they weren't talking about it, and we, you know, if people are just thinking we're just kind of flogging a dead horse here, um, that's not the case. You know, because the, the people around it are still hopeful, and as you can see, you know, if it, if it was a if it was dead horse. There wouldn't be arbitration going on with the Premier League. It's all I can say. You know, I know I, I see I see the things that people say about it. You know, the, the problem is what's happened in the in the last six months, nine months. There's a, there's a whole industry that's built up around the takeover. A lot of people are, you know, are um, it's in their interests at the moment for 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 this for the thing to keep 
bubbling along. We know there's a massive amount of appetite for it. We know that, that you know, that the amount of interest in it, you know, when even a story like this morning is a kind of nothing story, really, in many ways, is being really well read on our site. And, you know, we, we feel that we've got a bit of a responsibility on that side. We don't want to publish anything that's just nonsense, but it is still a big talking point. It's still what people want to know about. So our reporters, myself, you, other people, are trying to find out information and we're trying to get information about the takeover because we know it's the thing that people want to talk about. So that's why I think it's still very, um, very firmly in people's minds. It's also, it defines everything. You know, if, if it happens, then everything else flows from it. If it doesn't happen, then we've got big questions about the future of the football club under Mike Ashley and what happens next. So is it real? All I can say is, you know, it is, if it wasn't, I'd be, I'd be perfectly honest and say, you know, bluntly, it wasn't. I, I'm not promising that we wouldn't write about takeover and ownership future in the future because that's that's still, for me, the biggest... When you've got an owner who doesn't want to be owner of the football club and a fan base definitely wanting gone, take, the takeover and, and ownership issues are the biggest issue around the football club. So that's why it's being written about. And, um, you know, I know people get annoyed about things like... So, for example, this morning sport, it doesn't necessarily move it forward um, massively. But it deserves to be chronicled, I think, because it's something that's been asked. And it's like the question in Parliament last week. It's, yeah, and it doesn't move it forward specifically to the story going, but it's something that's being talked about. So I think you know we we do, um, you know we do we do have an obligation in some ways to write about those things, and you know, and I think people are interested. And as soon as it doesn't happen, as soon as the people around it are not are saying it's not going to happen anymore, and um, Saudis walk away definitively, then you know, yeah, we'll write that, and I think then we move away from it, and we, we we draw a line under this, and we we don't we don't write about it anymore, we don't talk about it anymore. Um, but let's hope that's not the case. Let's hope we talk about it actually happening, and all the positive things around it. But it's still the livest for me. It's still the livest issue around the football club at the moment. You know, between the games, anyway. You know, today, for example, there's no steeper two days away. The match was two days two days before. So, what are the issues that people want to want to read about in between? You know, um, and the the answer, you know, when this thing's mentioned about the takeover is probably the takeover. Hmm. I mean, interestingly on stories, I'm still waiting on the response from the DTMS on the Freedom of Information request about their correspondence with the Premier League. That's now, well, it's now over three months late. Um, it's not been rejected and it's going through clearance, but it's been spending the last six weeks going through clearance. So we will continue the fight on that, but... The longer it goes on, the more intrigued I am with what we will eventually get sent. There's an interesting question here from Matthew Slater on our YouTube channel. And he says, surely the chances of proving PIF is separate from the Saudi state are very low. And it, this is probably one of the key points, if not the key points um, for the Premier League, is proving that these two, from the Premier League's point of view, are there's no separate entity, the PIF, trying to prove that there is. If you go on the PIF's website, he's top of the pyramid chain there on their website. So you can understand maybe why there are questions over, you know, the PIF trying to prove that they are separate from the Saudi state. Yeah. And obviously, um, he, he, I mean, he was appeared last week, was it two, two weeks ago, um, setting out the goals for the PIF. Um, I mean, that is a complicated issue, isn't it? It's a massively complicated issue. And, and that was obviously what ended up settling on, um, you know, what they ended up settling on uh, in the summer is the biggest issue. Um, the, my 
feeling at the time was always that, you know, the Premier League then offered arbitration on that issue. Um, and there you go. You know, why didn't they take it? They, they said it was a, it was a farce. They shouldn't, shouldn't have had to do that. Um, you know, they, 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 they dealt with them differently from how they dealt with everybody else. And obviously then you've got everybody kind of coming in and saying, well, it would be in sport and Qatar who put, put the pressure on. But yeah, I mean, that, that that's the big issue. Now, against that, you have the fact that um, I think Yasser Ramayan um, obtained, a, I think it was from a, a official assurance from the highest state in the, the highest body in the land in Saudi Arabia that there would be absolutely no interference whatsoever um, between uh, the, the state and how Newcastle United was run. So they're sort of saying their point was, well, where else do you want us to go? We've literally got the assurance here. Um, there would be potentially uh, penalties if that was breached. So, you know, what, what more do you want? So I think that was always the issue. And I, I always felt like, well, if you can't agree on it, then it needs to go to independent arbitration. They take The people involved in the consortium didn't want that because obviously it would have been, I think, probably quite embarrassing for um for, for those kind of things to get brought up in 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 um in in public. Uh, in public, and you know, I think y- you can't you can't underestimate how little we understand about how some foreign societies run. You know, we, we don't like. I, I was always I was amazed when um, the Bin Zayed thing happened. How difficult it was to ascertain how much wealth the person involved with Bin Zayed had. There was no way, absolutely no way, of ascertaining who he was how much money he had, the size of the fund that Bin Zayed were, it was impossible, absolutely impossible. It's just not the way that that society runs. It doesn't have the same the same ways of, of, of running things. I know that for a fact that over there, there were reporters and journalists who um, from um, Western backgrounds who were ringing me with sort of in, you know, issues about the people there and saying, look, worth looking at this, worth looking at that. But they couldn't run that, those stories in um, store, in, in newspapers based there. And it'll be the same in Saudi, you know. So I, I am not qualified to, uh, to answer that question. All I'll say is that, you know, when we put it to the PIF, they said, what more do you want? We, we are being dealt with differently here. Um, you know, and I'm sure that if you went through you know, if you went through the way that the other takeovers have happened, especially Manchester City, I think, you know, were the same, you know, were the same things applied there. And I know, you know, there was always the argument that, that Man City had a different had a different body set up specifically to take over Manchester, Manchester City. Um, but again, you know, where's the separation between state and um, football club there? I would argue that the, the, there isn't. There isn't necessarily one there either, but you know that it's, you know, I'm just sitting here um, trying to find out whether Callum Wilson's going to play on Saturday, um, and you know I'm being kind of drawn in on golf politics as I have been for for months and months and months. But that would be that would be my my concern as well is when you've got Mohammed bin Salman kind of doing what he did uh, about three weeks ago with the PIF. Is that is that a ready-made argument for look? Where's the separation here? Just you know. And of course, it doesn't stop Newcastle from being taken over by PAF. They just want Mohammed bin Salman as one of the directors, which obviously was something that they didn't, they didn't, um, they didn't, they didn't want, or not necessarily him as director. But it would be the Saudi state would have to be nominated as a director, which then obviously then opens them up to 
um, certain things as well. And I think obviously that you know they felt as a sovereign country they they wouldn't they wouldn't want to go to. So it's incredibly complicated. And I think it just needs to go to an independent arbitration for a decision, um, which I think is. Obviously, it's not the PIF that have taken it there, but I think that's where it's going to end up. It's going to end up with somebody independent making a call, making a judgment call. And, um, you know, you've got somebody like Nick DeMarco who knows his way around sport regulation. Well, you'd say that if he can't get it to where the Newcastle, the people involved who want sale can want it, then it's not going to get there and it, they, everybody needs to move on um, and and not happen. But I think if, it, if they don't take over Newcastle, I think the PIF will end up taking over a football club in another country where the, maybe the rules are different, um, which will be, um, you know, another absolute, you know, I don't think that will go down particularly well with Newcastle fans. It'd be a big blow, wouldn't it? And I've seen many people uh, say about Nick DeMarco that, you know, he wouldn't necessarily choose a case where the odds are against him. So with that question about being a separate entity, he must feel there is a strong case to, to prove that and to, well, to get the decision Mike Ashley wants uh, against the Premier League. Get back to Mark in just a moment. Trust me, there's plenty more to come, plenty to listen out to, and hopefully you come away from this episode feeling that bit more informed about where things lie on the takeover. But just a quick plea to those who listen to the podcast to please like and subscribe to it, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. Scroll down to the Everything is Black and White channel. That's where you find all of our episodes. Scroll down to the bottom and you'll see the ability to leave a review. Please leave a rating and a few words there I know a few of you guys and girls have already done it and I can see that and it's making a really big difference so thank you to everyone who has done it. and if you haven't it'll literally take a minute or so and we really do appreciate it now let's get back to Mark the ultimate question on the takeover Mark before we do talk about the injuries that are currently ripping through Newcastle Ben Simpson there asks are you fed up with reporting about the takeover and uh, having to fill the newspaper with it <laughs> yeah I mean look I, you know I saw um, one of my old friends writing, you know, writing columns about the Chronicle and the takeover and stuff, which were, you know, I think really unfair and and, and pretty, pretty uh, scandalous, really, in some ways. That you know, the, the the lack of kind of understanding of how of how the, the Chronicles kind of you know, how the Chronicle works. To be perfectly honest, fed up, um, fed up of writing the same thing. You know, I think that that you know, fed up of writing that we're waiting for something to happen, and fed up of kind of you know, of, of that, but not, but not fed up of the idea that there are some really wealthy people and some people with some really, you know, different ideas for the football club sitting there wanting to buy the football club. I'd be more worried if there was nothing going on and we were writing about it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm fed up, I suppose, to an extent. What, what I really want, what everybody really wants is the, um, is the takeover to, to happen and then to be able to talk about you know, the next step in, in the football club. I think what we're fed up, what I'm really fed up with is, you know, this hierarchy um, being in charge because, you know, where, whatever, like obviously there, there's some good things can happen while they're still here. That's, I'm not saying that. But they're, in my opinion, they're fed up of owning Newcastle United. The Newcastle fans are fed up of them being in charge. I don't think they've got any good ideas to take the football club forward anymore. We've seen that. They're not talking anymore. There's no communication between them and the fans. There's no communication between them and the media. You saw their reflex reaction when things went wrong was just to blame questions that are being asked, things like that. You know, they're right. That's fine. If they want to, they want to kind of, you know, put that flex out against um, 
you know, show their muscles against the, the the written media or asking tough questions of them, then that's fine. But that to me just shows there's no, you know, that that is their reflex reaction. Then they're not they're not interested in selling a vision for the future of the football club. They lost ten thousand, so they had to give away ten thousand free season tickets last season. It would have been more this season if there wasn't a pandemic. In some ways, for them, it's been good to go behind closed doors because they don't, they're not, you know, who are they accountable to now? Well, you know, they, I think they've shown that, that they're not accountable to fans because they don't, they're not, they're not really communicating publicly with the NUST. They're not communicating publicly with anybody. Lee Charney hasn't given an interview for over a year. Mike Ashley doesn't do interviews, and Steve Bruce feels like. The siege mentality around the football club now is well everybody you know nobody wants to like none of the media will give me a fair crack of the whip all this business that's what i'm fed up of rather than the takeover the takeover for me in some ways offers a chink of light at the end of the tunnel because if this is the future for newcastle united it's what we're going to get is we're going to get really nice days like saturday we're going to we've got some really good players some really you know great players we've got some you know some, some interesting things to write about don't get me wrong but those are going to be limited gains because, you know, long term, it's going to go back to the sort of negativity because fans just don't buy that the people involved in the football club have the long term interests at heart. So that's why I get fed up of rather than writing or talking about the takeover. Final question then on the takeover from Ryan John. Do you think the takeover would happen in the summer? And if it did, would Steve Bruce leave? I think Bruce would leave, yeah, if the takeover happened. Um you know, I think he'd probably get a few. He'd probably get a few, um, a few weeks or, or months, even while they were kind of looking at what they were going to do next. But I think when they spoke in the summer about not needing to make a change, I think probably now, kind of going on, um, it's kind of the way it's gone. It, it's gone quite negative, hasn't it, around Steve Bruce? So I would say, yeah, I think he would go. Is it going to happen in the summer? Um, I don't know. You know, I, I've I've always felt like I felt like there's got to be, there's going to be a resolution at some point. It's, they've not given up on it. And that to me means that, you know, that, that, that there's a possibility that it will happen. Yeah. And all you can reflect is that there's still, there's still that element of confidence amongst the people involved, but that confidence has been there for, um, since they, 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 they sort of started negotiating with Mike Ashley. Um, it was there throughout the summer when it didn't happen. Um, so that's all you can reflect on. But no, none of them have walked away. So that's got to be a you know positive as well. Um, you can tell they're still desperate for it to happen because of their social media activity and things around that. Um, so let's just wait and see. Um, if it doesn't happen by the summer, I think it's probably time to move on. Um, but then, you know, the summer's not that long away, is it? It's only four months until, you know, and say that while there's snow outside and, and all these things, but it's, it's only kind of four months until you're talking about what, five Three months, really, three and a half months. You're talking about summer starting, so um, yeah, let's hope for something. I think it'll be, I think it'll be sort of towards the end of this month, probably before we find out anything. Um, and it might just come out of the blue. You know, I, I've not really been able to get that much of a steer on what happens with arbitration, and and I think that that's deliberate. I think that'll be behind closed doors. But I think thanks to the social media activity of Nick DeMarco and people like that, we're kind of being kept updated on, on at least that it's going on and it's bubbling away um you know i'd like to get a big interview with him at the end of it find out you know what was actually going on with with his use of twitter in particular because he's definitely keeping us interested um which is which is which is kind of nice to see in a way and it tells you something doesn't it that they're you know 
the odd tweet is more about what's going on than um, than anybody in Newcastle United has been able to tell us or or deigned to tell us rather they could tell us what's going on but they you know. You were cooking bread this morning. I did count the number of currents in it just to see if it related to anything Newcastle-wise, but I couldn't work it out. If anyone has any theories, do drop it in the comments. We'll move on to football matters. And Jay Kirkwood here has apologised for a non-takeover question, but hey, we welcome them sort of questions on this show. And he says, hey guys, hope you both well. Yeah, we're not too bad, thanks. Any idea how long Wilson is out for? It's a simple question, is it? Because it is really the one that matters, I guess, Mark. Ooh, good question. Um, no, I don't know off the top of my head at the moment. Um, I think he'll miss Saturday. I'm pretty sure of that, given the nature of the injury. Um, I would think it would be a shorter term injury. I, it didn't look like the it didn't look like a very very serious one. And the way that he's been talked about, as opposed to Shah, um, I don't think I don't think it's going to be a, a long term injury. But I think he'll be missing on uh, Monday. Sorry, they're playing Chelsea, aren't they? So I think he, I think he'll be missing on Monday. Uh, but he might be back the week after. But, but we still wait. I know. I know that they um, they were waiting on the scans at the start of the week, um, which to me suggests that it's not dreadful. It's not really bad news. But but I don't think he's been in training since Saturday. So um, it would say to me it's unlikely that Saturday's going to. Uh, uh, sorry, that Monday's going to happen. You tipped Gale to start, or you said you'd you'd like to see Gale start in the podcast we did after that Southampton game. Is that still your pick against Chelsea? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, th- I think so. Um, for me, Gail, I just like to see him get a chance. You know, I'd like to see him, him, uh, him with with some of the other, uh, some of the other kind of excitement. I, mean, I like his movement. I like, I like, I like Gail. I, like, I think you know, I think he's been underrated. He scored a few goals since, since he came back to uh, Newcastle and West Brom as well. I know we missed that goal against uh, Man City, but he scored some decent goals um, after we came back from the sort of COVID. Um, uh, situation last se- last season, so I'd like to see him get get a chance. It might be like I said on on Saturday that, that the contract situation rules him out um, in the short term, which would be a real shame. But I'd like to see him. Uh, it could be Carroll, you know, it could be Carroll because they might look they might look at the the players they've got now, the, the crosses and the things like that that are being played um, that are being played, and the, you know, the more attacking um, situation that they they are in at the moment, and and look for and look at Carroll. But um, but I think it'll probably be. Um, you know, it, it, it'll it, it'll probably be him out for at least at least one game. I think. Fabian Share is going to be out for a couple of months at the very least. His contract is up in the summer, like Gales. Do Newcastle sign him up for another year, couple of years, regardless if he makes it back onto the pitch this season? Yeah, I think they. I think they will. Um, I think they'll give him an, an extra year, probably just to protect his value. Especially given if he comes back towards the end of the season, he'll probably be in the Euros as well. You don't want to let him go out for a uh, on a um, on a on a uh, free when you know he's obviously a good player as well. It wouldn't surprise me if they did what they did with um, Freddy Fernandez, um, which is kind of sign him up for an extra year, just see just see where things go. You know, you've got to ask the question: Are they going to be able to get? Um, a better player in for the kind of money that they're probably going to have in the summer. Um, I think they could do with bringing in another centre back. I think they've, you know, I know that the scouts have been looking at that across across Europe and um, and especially even in the Championship, they've been looking at players who could um, who could potentially come in and 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 add and, and add something, you know, younger players. Um, but they cost money at the moment, and Newcastle won't have a lot of that in the summer. They'll obviously have the money that they get from the TV revenue, uh, but they're not going to have 
the extra revenue that you get from from um, from the crowds and things like that as well. So I would think that they probably will look at share, um, and it may be one of the others that you know, even if they sign him up and then sell him on. Um, I would be surprised if they don't um, if they don't trigger the one year option that they've got with share. Charles. Uh, given his team there, Darlow, Manquillo, Hayden, Clark, Lewis. He's gone for Anderson, Shelby, Willock, Almiron, Gale, and Anson Maxman. Minus Anderson, I probably think that is maybe the team that, that, that could start. Travis is watching from the Falcon Islands, so um, we're broadcasting literally globally, so that's a, a nice nice to know. Was that team out there that you see, was, is that the one, maybe like I say, minus Anderson you could see starting? Yeah, I, I you know what like I like that I like that team. Um, I really like that team. Um, I like I like the idea of Willick playing um, as an attacking as an attacking midfielder in the way that Vine Aldum did um, before. Um, you know, before when he was in, in 2015, that was that was really good. I don't think Elliot Anderson will, will, will start, um, but I think um, I think obviously Hendrick going out, it'll be interesting. I'd like to see Matty Longstaff come into the perfectly honest chance. You can't change the team really from from um, you can't change the, the people who ended up the nine who ended up on the on the pitch anyway. Um, obviously, there'll have to be a change with Wilson, um, but I think the main the main part of it you've got to see. I'd like to see Almiron in the same role, Alan Maxim in the same role. Um, yeah, I'd like to. I, I would I would be really keen, really keen to see that uh, that that sort of team, that kind of attacking lineup uh, continue. The most important thing is um, just just pressing. You know the same intensity that they had um, they've had over the last four games and, and it'll be enjoyable to see and I think everybody will give Steve Bruce a chance everybody will give this team a chance as long as they play like that that's all we were asking for when we were criticising them heavily for the passive performances they were putting in and we'll finish with this question then the final question we'll finish on an interesting one from Mike Elliott uh, just asked about the transfer funds in the summer I suppose this is linked to the takeover as well if it doesn't go through, Mark, do you think there will be money to spend or do you think it'll just be loans? Yeah, there'll be money to spend because they'll have um all the money from the t- all the money from the TV, um, which is obviously kind of around, I think, 30, 40 million um plus whatever prize money they have as well. So there'll be money to there'll be money to spend in the summer, um, but it will be less than would have been in previous years. So you may be looking at one or two players coming in. Yeah, there might be sales as well. There'll be a lot of players out of contract by then as well, so there'll be more money to free up on the budget. So there'll be there'll be, there'll be room to play, I think, in the in the summer. But it, but you know, it might be two or three players coming in rather than the rest, and then maybe loans. I, I could see Joe Willett coming back for a season long loan next season if it all works out, because you know Arsenal obviously will you know it, they'll have a decision to make on him. But I could see that kind of thing happening, and maybe them bringing in a season long loan, but maybe one or two players coming in, a striker, centre back. Um, Box to box midfielder. If Willett goes, um, that that'll be what you're talking about. But they've got three players. Lazar's obviously gone now. Henri Savé, who's on 35 30, or 30, around 35 grand a week, and um, potentially, um, you know, other others who could leave as well. Matt Ritchie, you know, nearly left in January. Well, it could be the year that he goes as well, especially if Bournemouth get promoted. Um, so there will be there will be room to play, I think, for Newcastle next season. Um, for in the summer, but you know, obviously, like I said, if the takeover happens, they pledge fifty million per transfer for per season, additional top up funds um, on on top of what they had. So you'd be looking at more like eighty million, and then you could be talking about four or five players, and it might even be more than that that they look at. You know, they might really fancy having a go at it um, if they, if they take over. But um, you know, I think that's still a 
bit of a pipe dream at the moment. Fingers crossed we can get a conclusion sooner rather than later. I think everyone just wants an answer one way or the other, whether it's positive or negative, just to draw this saga to an end. Mark, thanks for tuning in to you guys listening. Thanks, as always, for joining us. This has been the Everything is Black and White podcast.